0: Hello, Shanks. How have you been? Mm -hmm. So last time, we saw that a griever jumped off the cliff. And we're gonna continue from there with chapter 35. That settles it, Minho said. Thomas stood next to him on the edge of the cliff, staring at the grey nothingness beyond. There was no sign of anything. Left, right, down, up or ahead. For as far as he could see, nothing but a wall of blankness. Settles what? Thomas asked. We've seen it three times now. Something's up. Yeah, Thomas knew what he meant, but he waited for Minho's explanation anyway. That dead creeper I found, it ran this way, and we never saw it come back or go deeper into the maze. Then those suckers we tricked into jumping past us? Tricked, Thomas said. Maybe not such a trick. Minho looked over at him, contemplated Hmm. Anyway, then this—he pointed out at the abyss. Not much doubt any more. Somehow the Grievers can leave the maze this way. Looks like magic, but so does the sun disappearing. If they can leave the maze this way, Thomas added, continuing Minho's line of reasoning. So could be. A thrill of excitement shot through him. Minho laughed. There's your death wish again. Wanna hang out with the grievers? Have a sandwich, maybe? Thomas felt his hopes drop. Got any better ideas? One thing at a time, Greeny. Let's get some rocks and test this place out. There has to be some kind of hidden exit. Thomas helped Minho as they scrambled around the corners and crannies of the maze, picking up as many loose stones as possible. They got more by thumbing cracks in the wall, spelling broken chunks onto the ground. When they finally had a sizable pile, they hauled it over, right next to the edge and took a seat, feet dangling over the side. Thomas looked down and saw nothing but a grey descent. Menho pulled out his pad and pencil, placed them on the ground next to him. Alright, we gotta take good notes and memorize it in that chuck head of yours too. If there's some kind of optical illusion hiding an exit from this place, I don't want to be the one who screws up when the first shank tries to jump into it. That shank ought to be the keeper of the runners, Thomas said, trying to make a joke to hide his fear. Being this close to a place where grievers might come out at any second was making him sweat. You'd want to hold on to one beauty of a rope, and who picked up a rock from their pile. Yeah, okay, let's take turns tossing them, zigzagging back and forth out there. If there's some kind of magical exit, Hopefully, it will work with rocks, too. Make them disappear. Thomas took a rock and carefully threw it to their left, just in front of where the left wall of the corridor leading to the cliff met the edge. The jacked piece of stone fell and fell, then disappeared into the grey emptiness. Minho went next. He tossed his rock just a foot or so farther out than Thomas had. It also fell far below. Thomas threw another one another foot out, then Minho. Each rock fell to the depths. Thomas kept following Minho's orders. They continued until they had marked a line, reaching at least a dozen feet from the cliff. They moved to their target pattern, a foot to the right, and started coming back toward the maze. All the rocks fell. Another line out. Another line back. All the rocks fell. They threw enough rocks to cover the entire left half of the area in front of them, covering the distance anyone, or anything, could possibly jump. Thomas's discouragement grew with every toss until it turned into a heavy mass of black. He couldn't help judging himself. It had been a stupid idea. Then, Minho's next rock disappeared. It was the strangest, most hard-to-believe thing Thomas had ever seen. Minho had thrown a large chunk, a piece that had fallen from one of the cracks in the wall. Thomas had watched, deeply concentrating on each and every rock. This one, left Minho's hand, sailed forward, almost in the exact centre of the cliff line, started its descent to the unseen ground far below. Then it vanished, as if it had fallen through a plain of water or mist. One second there, falling. Next second gone. Thomas couldn't speak. We've thrown stuff off the cliff before, Minho said. How could we have ever missed that? I never saw anything disappear. Never. Thomas coughed. His throat felt wrong. Do it again. Maybe we blinked to weird or something. Minho did, throwing it at the same spot, and once again it winked out of existence. Maybe you weren't looking carefully at the times you threw stuff over, Thomas said. I mean, it should be impossible sometimes you don't look very hard for things you don't believe will or can happen they threw the rest of the rocks aiming at the original spot and every inch around it to thomas's surprise the spot in which the rocks disappeared proved only to be a few feet square no wonder we missed it minho said furiously writing down notes and dimensions his best attempt at a diagram it's kind of small the grievers must barely fit through that thing Thomas kept his eyes riveted to the area of the invincible floating square, trying to burn the distance and location in his mind, remember exactly where it was. And when they come out, they must balance on the rim of the hole and jump over the empty space to the cliff's edge. It's not that far. If I could jump it, I'm sure it's easy for them. Minho finished drawing, then looked up at the special spot. How's this possible, dude? What are we looking at? Like you said, it's not magic. Must be something like a sky-turning gray, some kind of optical illusion or hologram hiding a doorway. This place is all jacked up, and Thomas admitted to himself, kind of fool. His mind craved to know what kind of technology could be behind it all. Yeah, jacked up is right. Come on, Minho got up with a grunt and put on his backpack. Better get as much of the maze run as we can with our new decorated sky. Maybe other weird things have happened out there. We'll tell Newton Albee about this tonight. Don't know how it helps, but at least we know now where the Shuck creavers go. And probably where they come from, Thomas said as he took one last look at the hidden doorway. The griever hole. Yeah, good a name as any. Let's go. Thomas sat instead, waiting for Minho to make a move. Several minutes passed in silence and Thomas realized his friend must be as fascinated as he was. Finally, without saying a word, Minho turned to leave. Thomas reluctantly followed, and they ran into the dark grey maze. Thomas and Minho found nothing but stone walls and ivy. Thomas did the wine cutting and all the note-taking. It was hard for him to notice any changes from the day before, but Minho pointed out, without thinking about it, where the walls had moved. When they reached the final dead end and it was time to head back home, Thomas felt an almost uncontrollable urge to bag everything and stay there overnight. See what happens. Minho seemed to sense it and grabbed his shoulder. Not yet, dude. Not yet. And so they had gone back. A somber mood rested over the glade. An easy thing to happen when all is gray. The dim light hadn't changed a bit since they had woken up that morning. And Thomas wondered if anything would change at sunset either. Minho headed straight for the map room as they came through the west door. Thomas was surprised. He thought it was the last thing they should do. Aren't you dying to tell Newton Alby about the griever hole? Hey, we're still runners, Minho said, and we still have a job. Thomas followed him to the sealed door of the big concrete block and Minho turned to give him a wan smile. But yeah, we'll do it quick so we can talk to them. There were already other runners milling about the room drawing up their maps when they entered. No one said a word, as if all speculation on the new sky had been exhausted. The hopelessness in the room made Thomas feel as if he were walking through mud-thick water. He knew he should also be exhausted, but he was too excited to feel it. He couldn't wait to see Newt's and Al-Bee's reactions to the news about the cliff. He sat down at the table and drew up the day's map based on his memory and notes. Minho looking over his shoulder the whole time, giving pointers. I think that hall was actually cut off here, not there. And watch your proportions and draw straighter, you shank. He was annoying but helpful and fifteen minutes after entering the room, Thomas examined his finished product. Pride washed through him. It was just as good as any other map he had seen. Not bad, Minho said. For a greenie, anyway. Minho got up and walked over to the Section 1 trunk and opened it. Thomas knelt down in front of it and took down the map from the day before and held it up side by side with the one he had just drawn. What am I looking for? he asked. Patterns. But looking at two days worth isn't going to tell you, Jack. You really need to study several weeks. Look for patterns. Anything. I know there's something there, something that will help us. Just can't find it yet. Like I said, it sucks. Thomas had an itch in the back of his mind, the same one he had felt the first time in this room. The maze walls, moving, patterns, all those straight lines, were they suggesting an entirely different kind of map, pointing to something? He had such a heavy feeling that he was missing an obvious hint or clue. Minho tapped him on the shoulder. You can always come back and study your butt off after we talk to Newton Albee. Come on. Thomas put the papers in the trunk and closed it, hating the twinge of unease, he felt. It was like a prick in his side. Walls moving, straight lines, patterns. There had to be an answer. Okay, let's go. They had just stepped outside the map room. The heavy door clanging shut behind them when Newton and Albie walked up, neither of them looking very happy. Thomas's excitement immediately turned to worry. Hey, Minho said. We were just get on with it. Albi interrupted. Ain't got time to waste. Find anything? Anything? Minho actually recoiled at the harsh rebuke, but his face seemed more confused, to Thomas, than hurt or angry. Nice to see you too. Yeah, we did find something, actually. Oddly, Albi looked disappointed, because this whole shuck place is fallen to pieces. He shot Thomas' a nasty glare, as if it were all his fault. What's wrong with him? Thomas thought, feeling his own anger light up. They had been working hard all day, and this was their thanks? What do you mean? Minho asked. What else happened? Newt answered, nodding toward the box as he read so. Bloody supplies didn't come today. Come every week for two years, same time, same day. But not today. All four of them looked over at the sealed doors attached to the ground. To Thomas there seemed to be a shadow hovering over it, darker than the grey air surrounding everything else. Oh, you're shocked for good now, and Hovisburg, his reaction altering Thomas to how grave the situation really was. No sun for the plants, Hugh said. No supplies from the bloody box. Yeah, I'd say we're shocked all right. Albie had folded his arms, still glaring at the box as if trying to open the doors with his mind. Thomas hoped that their leader didn't bring up what he had seen in the changing or anything related to Thomas, for that matter. Especially now. Yeah, anyway, Minho continued, we found something weird. Thomas waited, hoping that Newt or Albie would have a positive reaction to the news, maybe even have further information to shed light on the mystery. Newt raised his eyebrows. What? who took a full three minutes to explain, starting with the griever they followed and ending with the results of their rock-throwing experiment. Must lead to where the, you know, grievers live, he said, when finished. The griever hole, Thomas added. All three of them looked at him, annoyed as if he had no right to speak but for the first time being treated like the greenie didn't bother him that much. Gotta see that for myself, Newt said, then murmured. Hard to believe. Thomas couldn't have agreed more. I don't know what we can do, Minho said. Maybe we could build something to block off that corridor. No way! "Shark things can climb the bloody walls, remember? Nothing B could build would keep them out. But a commotion outside the homestead shifted their attention away from the conversation. A group of gladers stood at the front door of the house, shouting to be heard over each other. Chuck was in the group and when he saw Thomas and the others, he ran over. A look of excitement spread across his face. Thomas could only wonder what crazy thing had happened now. What's going on? Newt asked. She's awake. Chuck yelled. The girl's awake. Thomas's insides twisted. He leaned against the concrete wall of the map room. The girl. The girl who spoke in his head. He wanted to run before it happened again, before she spoke to him in his mind. But it was too late, Tom. I don't know any of these people. Come get me. It's all fading and forgetting everything but you. I have to tell you things, but it's all fading. He couldn't understand how she did it. How she was inside his head. Teresa paused, then said something that made no sense. The maze is a code, Tom. The maze is a code.